You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 41. All right, guys, let's jump right on in. I'm going to keep this intro brief. I know I've said that before, but today I'm actually going to do it. Hey, if this is your first time to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, hit those stars and write us out a review, and then share it with one or two other people whom you know are in your circle or network of relationships. That just helps us get the word out to help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Speaking of joy, Today, we're going to talk about eight habits of happy people. You know, I've learned how to access some happiness over the years. And uh, when I was young, when I was a little boy in grade school, my grandma called me her sunshine. It was because of my happy, uh, joyful, playful disposition. But as we get older and, and as we grow um, through our teen years, college years, single adults, we start finding out that life gets harder and it has a way of chipping away at our happiness. And so we've got to develop habitudes, habits that shape your attitudes. And these are eight habits that will help you access happiness on a regular basis. Now, I don't have all the answers in life. These are things that I've personally experienced. Of course, there's many more thoughts that we could share. But for the sake of time on this podcast, I just want to share eight habits that have helped me access happiness over the years. And I really hope they help you today. Psalms 144 and 15 says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. So I want to start right here. This is ground zero for happiness. Happy are those people. Happy is that people. Happy is that person. Happy is that family who puts God at the top of their list. The Bible says in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. That's the foundation of all happiness. You can't start anywhere else. I don't have any other formulas to give you. All I have to give you is Jesus. And I'm going to share eight habits with you today. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll have a better access and some things that you can practically grab onto. And uh, I'm really excited to be able to share this with you today. So I want to read all eight of them to you right now. And I'm going to cover each one one at a time. But I want to read all eight to you right now because I know the suspense is killing you. All right, here we go. Number one, hold on to the promises of God. Number two, get off your duff. (laughs) Number three, let go of the reins. Number four, come down from your high horse. Number five, open up to critical feedback. Number six, walk around the block. Number seven, seek out healthy relationships. And number eight, stay under cover. Did you see the pattern there? Let me read them all just with the first two words in each phrase. Number one is hold on. Number two is get off. Number three is let go. Number four is come down. Number five is open up. Number six, walk around. Number seven, seek out And then number eight, stay under. So let's start with number one, hold on to the promises of God. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us 
to the glory of God. So what do we say to the promises of God? The verse tells us what to say. We say, amen. That means let it be so. God, what you said, you're going to do. All the way from the beginning of time till now, whatever God said he'll do, he'll do. Now, our promises are based on the new covenant. That's when our life starts. Our life starts with Jesus. I've said it so many times before, the Christian life starts at done. So we can't go back and apply the old covenant promises to our life because since Jesus Many of those old covenant promises do not apply to us because we are now in Christ. We are new creations. We have a new starting point. We have an advantage from a new vantage. Come on, guys. (laughs) You didn't know I was going to preach some phrases to you today. So we've got to hold on to the promises of God because when life starts getting tough and we don't see God, we can't hear God and we can't sense his direction. We've got to remember what he said and where do we get what he said? We get it in the word, especially the words of Jesus. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise you need to hold on to. That's one of the biggest ones I hold on to. When I'm not doing so well, when life is hard on me and when things don't look good, I got to remember that Jesus has got to hold on my life even when I feel too weak to hold on to him. We got to hold on to the promises of God, guys. That's the way we're going to access happiness. This is a habit that you have to develop. And how do we habitualize the promises of God. Well, we quote them, we write them, we read them, we say them, we put them on post-it notes if we have to, and put them on our mirror in the morning. I used to have scriptures all over my desk when I was a young leader of being reminded that God is with me. He's given me wisdom to lead people, to follow and listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting in my life. And the Holy Spirit will always tell us what's right about us, not what's wrong about us. So in tough times when you don't know what to do to access happiness, you got to hold on to the promises of God. Number two, get off your duff. What does that mean? It means get active. You know, it's really easy when you're depressed and you're down and you're discouraged and you're defeated to sit on the couch, close all your shades, Turn on the TV and just sit in the dark and go down a dark hole. So what do I tell people who are experiencing depression? One of the best ways to overcome depression is to counteract it with physical fitness. Get on a treadmill, go for a walk, breathe, um, do some push-ups, open up your window, let the light in. You know, scientists And uh, psychologists have discovered both mentally and physically that when you let light in your house, you are breaking up the potential for your mind to dwell in darkness. So sometimes you just got to turn the lights on, open up the windows, get some natural light, go sit on your porch, go sit on your deck, but get off your duff. Don't let yourself sink into the hole that's in your couch. Um, Get up, go work out, go for a brisk walk. You may not be in the best shape, but everybody can walk. And if you can't walk and you're in a wheelchair, you can roll yourself around. And I'm not making light of anybody's mental and emotional struggles. They're real. I'm not denying them. I've had my own, but I found myself sinking darker and deeper into the hole when I don't get up and move around. So you got to get some physical fitness in your life. You've got to get your body in shape, man. I got to tell you for me personally, 
I get kind of depressed when I can't fit into my jeans or I can't fit into a shirt that I really want to wear. And so it's really easy for me to get depressed because I'm not in shape. You know, the best way to do that is start somewhere. You don't have to go sign up for a gym membership somewhere. You can just go on a walk. I heard from someone a little while back that you can lose weight consistently all year long. If you walk for 20 minutes, drink eight glasses of water a day and um, eat more protein than you do carbs. Those are three easy things, but that's so hard for some of us, man, because that bread looks good. That white starchy sugar and flour stuff looks good, but you got to limit that stuff. So get off your duff, get physical and get your body working in your behalf. Don't stay on the couch. Get up and and move around and get some physical fitness and some activity in your life. Go play basketball at the Y. Go swimming. Do something to get your body moving. And you don't have to go to extremes. But one of the ways I found that you can access happiness is just to get off your duff. I really hope this is helping somebody today. I know it's helping me. As I'm talking, some of this stuff is coming back and I'm saying, hey man, Tony, come on. So number three, let go of the reins. Let go. You know, surrender isn't something that you do instantly. It's a progressive walk. It, it, grace is not an event. It's a process. I talk a little bit about it in one of my recent YouTube videos. And by the way, if you don't know, I have a YouTube channel. And at my YouTube channel, we talk a lot about the foundations of grace. A lot of what I'm saying here applies to practical areas of your life, but it all flows from the fountain of grace, the undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor of God on your life, the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's really where happiness starts. But in letting go, a lot of times people want to get over all their issues right now. They want to get over all of their problems and they feel like that when they get saved and they become a Christian that they're supposed to break habits and get completely free the first month of their Christian walk. Well, guys, we know that that doesn't really happen in real life. Some people have easier um an easier time getting over certain things, but some of us really struggle and we kind of gravitate back and we kind of get in the wrong crowd and we, you know, we get in back into old habits and old ways of thinking, but you're a new creation. So you need to, first of all, realize that you don't lose your salvation when you fail. You don't lose your salvation when you fall out and you make mistakes and you, you sin and you commit errors whether they're intentional or unintentional. But you have to remember that surrender just doesn't happen overnight. It's a progressive walk. It's the grace walk. And one of the ways that will help you break the power of sin and uh, wrong living and immoral habits and dangerous habits over your life is to stop and tell yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a son. I'm not a slave. I've been delivered. I'm a child of God and you're no less a child of God when you fail as when you succeed. You're a child of God 24, 7, 365 days of the year, all the way through eternity. Hebrews 10 tells us that we have been sanctified once for all. That means that the journey starts here, wherever you're at. Remember, if you feel like you've fallen back, tell yourself the journey starts now. And the moment you say, I surrender, God 
takes that seriously and he goes to work. It doesn't mean that you unsurrender your life. It just means that little by little, you got to keep doing it. And sometimes you have to say it every day. Father, I surrender my foul mouth. Father, I surrender this bad habit. Father, I surrender it to you. I want to live in victory. And you just got to keep praying that and saying that because you know what? Eventually it's going to take hold. It's called sanctification. You know, even though you're saved on the spot, you're justified once and for all, then you are walking through the process of being sanctified. You are working out the issues in your life because see when Jesus comes in some stuff's got to come out you know it was easy to take the Egyptians out of Egypt but it was harder to take Egypt out of them and that's what happens when we're walking through sanctification we're still children of the living God we have a new nature we're holy we're righteous but we still have things that God wants us to overcome. He wants us to break habits and live in victory. You're holy, but now you got to live in the power of victory. You know, some people say, I'm trying to be holy. No, no, no. Stop saying that. You are holy. That's something that only Christ can do in you. You cannot become holy by your physically moral behavior. It only starts in the spirit. It has to be birthed in the spirit. So you were born again, holy and righteous. And now over time for the rest of your life until you die, you will be learning how to overcome things and get victory over things that would destroy your life. So right now, I want you just to picture in your life those reins that you've been holding to. I can't give this up. I don't want to give this up. It means too much to me, but is it worth your physical health? Is it worth your relationship? Is it worth your career? Is it worth your ministry? Some of you are holding on things that are going to take you down the wrong road in this life and you got to let go of the reins. And it's a willingness to say, God, I don't want this to be an idol in my life. I don't want this habit. I don't want this person. I don't want this career. I don't want this possession. I don't want anything in my life to be first over you. I want to live the victory on this earth. I know heaven is guaranteed to me, but I want to have a good life too. So you have to learn to let go of the reins. You got to learn to let go of the control and say, Lord, I surrender everything to you, Lord, whatever it is in my life. And I know Right now, as I'm saying this to you, some of you probably going to go back to it today. You may struggle and it may take you a while. But when you say, I surrender, the journey starts now. The real walk of grace starts now. And so number three, you need to let go of the reins. Hey guys, I just want to take a few minutes right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review and share it with one or two other people. I also want you to uh, remember to check out our YouTube channel. You can find me under Tony Sutherland, and uh, we're posting one video every week about grace, teaching people the fundamentals and the foundations of grace, you know, because it, it flows out of grace. Everything I'm teaching you here flows out of unconditional, undeserved, unmerited love and grace. And so don't forget to check us out on YouTube. And uh, I hope these uh, habitudes, these eight habits of happy people are ministering to you, encouraging you and giving you something practical to grab onto so that you can access peace and joy in every area of your life. So let's jump back into eight habits of happy people.
All right, number four is come down from your high horse. You know, one of the things that's going to stop you from experiencing happiness on a regular basis is good old-fashioned pride. You know, pride will halt your walk. It will stunt your joy. It will keep you back from experiencing freedom and victory and relationships and your business and your ministry and your marriage and, and everything you do. Pride is the one thing that God says he would resist. Come on, guys. We know we need grace for life. Come on. Second Corinthians 9 and 8 says, and God would give you all grace for all things that you could abound unto every good work. We need grace in life. Guys, I can't make it without God's grace. But if I want that grace to have an effect and flow in my life, I got to lay down my pride. Now, I'm not talking about our salvation. Our salvation is set. I'm going to say that over and over and over again. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I'm not talking about your eternal salvation. That's permanent. That's done. But the victory and the joy and the freedom that we can experience in our ministry and our relationships and our finances. You know, so many have pride in their finances. They refuse to stop using their credit cards because they got to have that thing on the shelf or on Amazon. And those prideful tendencies and desires will take us down wrong pathways. You've got to decide to come down from your high horse. What, I, what do I mean by that? Where do we even get that statement? Well, there's two places in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, where someone was on their high horse and they had to come off. One of those guys got off of his high horse. The other one got knocked off of his high horse. In the Old Covenant, there was a general of the Syrian army. His name was Naaman, and he had leprosy. And he had to make a long journey to the prophet's house. And when he got to Elisha's house, he expected Elisha to come out and heal him. So he's riding with his whole entourage, his army, his battalion, and he's got his general's armor on. And he's riding up to the prophet's house. And Elisha sends out his servant. How would you like to be the general of the Syrian army? And you got some little assistant coming to tell you what to do because Elisha doesn't have time to take your call or have that office meeting. And the, the instruction to Naaman was the prophet says to get off your horse, get down into the Jordan river and dip seven times and you'll be healed. Now the general could have said, excuse me, do you know who you're talking to? I am the general of the Syrian army. And if I wanted to, I'd burn and destroy your house and everything in it. He had that power. But instead of letting his pride dictate his actions, the Bible says he got off his horse. He got down into the Jordan and he dipped once, came back up, still has leprosy. Dip number two, gets back up, still has leprosy. Three times, four times, five times, six times. And the seventh time he came up, his leprosy was gone and his skin was like a baby. Come on, guys. How many of you know that if Naaman would have decided to stay up on that high horse, he would have forfeited his healing and died in agony? You know, some of us, our pride is like leprosy. It's eating away at us. We, we need to be respected and we need to be seen as important and valuable. See, that's where grace comes in because 
Grace deems you valuable because of what Christ has done in your life. Your value isn't based on your possessions, your job, your career, the amount of money you make, your importance, your visibility, your years of experience. We need to learn how to humble ourselves or we'll get knocked off of our high horse because God promises to finish what he started. And if there's pride in your life, he's going to allow you to enter situations where you get knocked off your high horse. And the apostle of grace, Paul himself, was a very proud, pharisaical, vigilant terrorist killing Christians in the name of God. And he was on his way to Damascus to kill more Christians and the Bible says that a light appeared in the middle of his pathway and he fell off his horse blinded by the light. And Paul had to go through some difficult days, two or three days of, you know, wondering where he was and what was going on. And, and he had a major conversion experience. And I don't want to go into that whole story, but he got knocked off his high horse. I'd rather come off my high horse than get knocked off of it. Don't take what you do so seriously. Don't read your own press reports. You know, don't let flattery puff you up so much. When someone flatters you, thank them, but ask God not to let the arrow of that flattery sink in between the pieces of your armor and wound you. You got to come down from your high horse. You got to let all pride go out the window. I remember a few years ago, I was going through a real difficult church situation and the elders were all angry with me and wanted me out. And, and I was struggling with church members and team members. And I just remember it was one of these seasons where I just felt attacked on every side. And I was in the car with my brother and I was just saying, you know, this guy, that, and this guy, that, and who does he think he is? And don't they know who I am? And I was just going on and on and on. And my brother said, Tony, before the Lord can speak to you and help you here, all pride has to go out the window. And man, that shut me up so quick because I think everybody needs to have a big gulp of honesty. Come on. Yeah, maybe you are getting knocked back and criticized and ridiculed. And maybe people are disrespecting you and maybe you are devalued and maybe people don't know what's inside of you and who you are, what you have. And maybe, maybe you do have really good reason to be angry and vindictive, but in, in those emotions, pride can begin to rise up. So you got to come down off that high horse and you have to remember to humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself, the scripture says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. See, that's all that really matters is what he sees, what he knows, what he has promised. Come on, we're going back up to number one. Hold on to the promises of God. What God told you is going to happen is going to happen. Pray for your enemies. Love those that persecute you and curse you and bless them that curse you. You can heap coals of fire on people's heads when you love them, when they hurt you. And I'm here to encourage you today. Don't let the attitudes and the actions and the words of other people control your emotions. Because if you stay angry and you stay prideful and you stay hurt and you stay bitter and you stay vindictive, you're letting that other person control you. You're letting your enemies control you. Forgive. Come down from your high horse. Let go of your pride. And when you get off that high horse, you step down into the river of God's love and acceptance and you keep dipping down into that, 
man, you're going to come up brand new. The leprosy of your anger and your fear and your bitterness and your vindictiveness and your disappointment and discouragement and regret is just going to fall off of your life. So right where you are, say, God, I'm letting go of my pride. Let go of the reins. Come down from your high horse and experience joy and happiness the way God intended it. Man, we are out of time. I actually thought I was going to get all eight habits of happy people into this podcast. And then I realized there is no way I was going to get all eight points in this podcast. I never do that. You know why? Because there's so much in me that I want to share with you that has helped me over the years learn how to access happiness in my life. And I want to help more and more people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. It doesn't mean life isn't hard. But guys, we don't always have to be sad and sorrowful and and joyless. We can be full of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And if this is encouraging you and helping you, I want to remind you, please subscribe to this podcast. You can do it both on Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking. This isn't just so that we can feel good about ourselves. It actually kind of helps those algorithms work in our favor so we can get the word out to more and more people across the world. And then by all means, share this podcast, send them the link, text it to them, tell them about it and be excited about it. Say, man, you guys have got to listen to episode 41 of the Live 360 podcast. Podcast and then encourage them to subscribe. Take them hostage. Say, pull out your phone and subscribe to this podcast and uh, leave us a review and then share it and tell them to share it with their friends because, again, we're wanting to help more and more people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So good news. I'm going to hit part two next week and finish off this series of eight habits of happy people. I'll see you again next week. And until then, we'll see you.